0: Everyone, it's hot garbage true crime edition i'm your host nisha b and this is my beautiful best friend and co-host
1: buddha badass
0: and it's been a really good week like people are loving our episodes i'm so happy that we got like new listeners from canada belgium united kingdom isn't this great
1: i love it man i love it i do appreciate it. i used to act like i was a uh, scottish person actually when i used to work at a retail store i used to really? pretend i'm scottish for a while
0: I don't even know, like, so
1: you know how to do a Scottish accent right now? I do, but not right I'm not. I will do it maybe, maybe on the next episode. Okay, I got to kind of brace myself. Yeah. To, to just, I tell people I'm from Belfast.
0: Yeah. And they
1: believe it, man. It's, it's really cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so if they I start listening, that. I'll be like, oh, I support the people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. You actually sound really good when you do
1: that. I, yeah, I don't know how I got good at doing a Scottish. You know what's weird? I tried to do a Jamaican accent, and it always came out Scottish, so I just oh, ran it. So I so you just ran did, with that, I huh? I just embraced it you know how people try and figure out like what voices you can and can't yeah. do what, what you do just play around and try and do it and you'll you'll feel what comes natural to me and the oddest thing is Scottish came like real natural
0: really to me. see I want to try to do Australian I think Australian acid is sexy really but I thought I think, you would have said
1: British but I didn't yeah, think Australian yeah British is sexy
0: too But I, because I think Australian is really really hard like I don't think I could ever do I can't do a British acid either but I think Australia is just I don't know there's something about what, the way they say mate it's just so wonderful you know what I
1: love the. I think the, they do say, like, say some words that they that you can get away with
0: yeah
2: that's
1: so cool that i'll be like what what the hell i've run down to the local bibby like the bibby like what this uh, yeah you know they say some words and you would be like what in the world but they Ooh. make it it sounds pretty but it sounds tough at the same time yeah or like you know if somebody's charlie bopper comes up to you you know he's he's a boxer
0: yeah you know? like, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah. <You> know? <laughs>
1: so he's real <laughs> but he has a fun sounding name
0: <laughs> well i was gonna ask how has your week been going
1: oh my week has been kind of wild crazy kids but mm, yeah, I've, I, I i i could go on for hours about that but i'm 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 making it let's say that Ooh. i'm making it
0: well that's wonderful well, are you ready for our case today
1: oh uh, who was this case about today today
0: we're going over john benet ramsey who was a child a child beauty queen who was murdered Now, this case is different than a case we've ever done because it's unsolved. So, I mean, technically, I'm going to put all the facts out there. And technically, most people think it's solved. And most people think they know what happened. I think I know what happened. And I'll tell you, and you'll probably think you know what happened, too. Okay. But it's been like... 30 years this, this case is still completely unsolved, but there's a lot of things in here. That's going to be very suspicious, you know? Mm. And um, so this is going to be a two-parter. This is a two-part episode because this just this is just a lot of stuff to go over and just a lot of stuff. That's really going to have you scratching your head. Like what the hell is going on? You know? Okay. Okay. So John Benet, Patricia Ramsey was born August 6th of 1990. She was born in Boulder, Colorado she was born to John Benet Ramsey, who so she was named after her dad. Except for she spelled her name different. She spelled her name J-O-N. Her dad was J-O-H-N.
1: Kind of like George Foreman naming all his kids George, even the girls.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. He did Oh, that? yeah,
1: he named the girls George.
0: Well, how do, how do you know I think they're I think Georgette. Ta- really yeah i was like well how do you know who you're talking to he's like,
1: looking at you, that's <laughs> <how> you <know.
2: laughs>
0: well, they say
1: george everybody in the house turns right?
0: that's crazy. you think my next kid should be nisha jr
1: uh no That no, should don't, definitely don't be don't a do junior that. don't do that
0: i mean because i don't think enough do a females... derivative of
1: your name but don't don't force your children to rock your own rock your name
0: i know i think that's i mean i don't think enough females do that though i don't know why
1: oh well i well, I don't know because my I, I would say women should do that more often, but it's a family tradition of my family. Yeah, uh, all the firstborn women in mm-hmm. my family get named the, the middle name Marie.
2: Oh, yeah, I've been
1: doing that for generations. Yeah, then it goes back to my great great grandmother, but my mother, my sister, my grandmother, my daughter.
0: Your daughter has Marie. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. A little tradition going on there,
1: huh? Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. Well. Her dad's name was John Benet and then her mom's name was Patricia Patsy Ramsey so everyone called her Patsy so for sake for the sake of the story I'm going to call her Patsy. Okay. So now they had two children which was John Benet and then she was 6 years old at the time of her murder and then she had an older brother named Burke who was 9 years old. Now they were a very rich family. They lived in a beautiful, big two-door, two-door home, and they had housekeepers. The housekeeper would say that the house was so big that it was kind of confusing. It was kind of like a maze. It was three stories. Like The bottom story was the basement, and you had the regular story, and then at the top, you have the top story, but it was super huge. Now, Patricia Patsy was John's second wife. He had three other children from his previous marriage. He had a son. He had two daughters. And unfortunately, one of his daughters named Elizabeth had died in a car crash years earlier before this happened.
1: What did they do?
0: Uh, oh, that I'm going to go over that.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you mean to become rich? Yes. Oh, Where yeah. Where is
1: this money coming from? Just oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go over Americano. that. Pure <laughs> Americano? <laughs> yeah. So, now, Patsy was a former beauty queen from West Virginia. And she held the title of Miss West Virginia, and so you know this case basically covers. You get paid for being a beauty queen? Is that what's happening? It's, you know, I never really knew that. I know that there's scholarships and stuff that they get, but I don't know if they actually get like paid. Right. It's like, like I was, can somebody answer that? Because you know what, I used to want to participate in pageants, but it's a lot of work. Like, it's you you think that it's not? It's easy. It's so not. I easy. always
1: felt like being a pageant queen is like becoming a rapper.
0: Well, yeah. uh, honestly,
1: because you got to bl- dress up and bling bling regularly.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you-, you got a whole lot about your image and you're trying to look good and floss.
2: Yeah. You know, you're looking
1: at your best all the time. They call it flossing. Yeah. And then simultaneously you're investing a lot of that yeah. on your own
0: until you yeah. get some
1: sort of sponsorship and that's true because it's I'm,
0: expensive because you do got to pay for all that and some of them you have to oh that's why I didn't do it because some of them you got to pay to actually like participate submit yourself in. yeah that's why I was like, like I can't
1: stuff that I looked up because you yeah. know my, my, you're not the only girl one of my family members was you know wanted to do that
2: yeah I
0: think
1: it was a niece of mine yeah and I mean we found out how expensive that yeah. stuff is and just trying to bec- be a participant of it
0: I was like I'm done when it says you got to pay to submit yeah uh, so I was it's like, not like, how
1: is that the true judge of people's beauty when it's only you know, the judge with people that can afford to be in that. Yeah,
2: that's <laughs> what I said.
1: <laughs> You know, and simultaneously, that's true. yeah, and then simultaneously, it's like, how do, how, when is the money coming back? Like, that's what I've never know. understood. It's like I said, it's kind of like wondering. rapping. Like, yeah, well, you 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 don't really know when you're getting paid for this until you're getting paid. And I wonder, is it just famous? like scholarships?
0: And I know they get to like like travel and do stuff, but I don't know what, where the paycheck comes in from. I right, because
1: they're not flying you in from Miss Miss Virginia and Mississippi. Yeah, you know what I'm saying because they already got their own. Right, Miss huh whoever. So, how are you getting paid?
0: I, I got to look that up. Well, you know what? I'm not even going to look it up because I really like it, it doesn't pertain to me at all as far as how they get paid. Yeah, it's not, but, I'm not going
1: to look it But I, <coughs> I just wondered that. I
0: was like, I wondered that too. I hope they're at least giving out scholarships so they can at least have a good education. But, right. You know but when what you get I mean? to a certain
1: age, you're not, you're not worried about a scholarship. Yeah.
0: well, you get to a certain you're 22
1: age. as a miss, and you you know, yeah. miss, miss Connecticut. You don't care about nobody's scholarship. Like, right. Like, you want to actually pay your bills. <laughs> I
0: need to pay my bills. <laughs> like, Beyonce, can you pay my bills? Because right, that's what right. I'll so be saying to them.
1: Why am I keep walking the stage true. and putting myself in a bathing suit and busting it all back for you guys? And, you know.
0: And you're not paying my bills. And I'm not hey,
1: getting paid.
0: Right. That's what I said, too. That's ridiculous.
1: Right. Like, I look at Arnold Schwarzenegger's like, and I'm like, he's money, Mike. <laughs> he's the original. He was out there in a the thong, showing off all his goodies. Like that's money Mike right about there. That. I
0: forgot all about those days of Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was. He was actually in the weight building. He didn't do his movies until he was in his forties. Yeah, that's what I move, even, you know, I, I forgot all about he was like that. Forty-one when he finally started doing the movies. Yeah, he was bodybuilding that whole time. He was a, a professional stripper. Mm. What I say, he's just out there in the thong showing it all, and got paid, and was the best at it. Yeah, you know, and it was really good. I, you know, I was a big fan of his too because I, I do like bodybuilding. So
0: that's amazing. Though. Yeah. Well, so, like I was saying, Patsy was a former beauty queen from West Virginia, and she held the title Miss West Virginia. Now, this case, because of this case, it, it covers a lot of her pageant mom behavior. It really sheds the light on it because, you know, it gets really brutal, these whole, the way the pageant moms be acting. I guess there's a show called T- Tara, uh, Toddlers and Tiara. I don't watch it, but I guess, the, oh those moms be off the hook. Oh. So, yeah, this case really showcased that. Now, she was very p- proud that she was in pageant, and that's why she carried this passion to her jo- daughter, John Binet. When she couldn't do it anymore, John Binet became a pageant. A pageant queen. JonBenet entered pageants at a very young age. So keep in mind, at the time of her murder, she was six years old. Uh,
1: girl, I, I was just about to say what you mean, very young. Yeah. Six is very young. Very young, mind. but
0: she started entering it even before that. Like, so, what,
1: two months?
0: I don't, know the, I don't know the exact age, but I know by the time she was six, she had already won America's Royal Miss, Little Miss Charleroi, Little Miss Co., and National Tiny Miss Beauty. She also was Colorado State All-Star Kids and All-Star Kids Girl, So she held all those titles.
1: I mean, and like since Tial- she doing all that, that sounds like she had no childhood.
0: Yeah, she didn't have a childhood. And that's what I was going to say. She wore a lot of makeup. They constantly bleached her hair blonde. So, I mean, if you look at her pictures, her hair is just like literally like bleach blonde.
2: She,
0: yeah, and she had to wear these things, these flippers. So, like, you know how like kids they they start missing their baby teeth. So she had to wear like little flippers in the front because I didn't know this, but when you're in pageants, you can't even though you're a kid, you can't have two missing front teeth. That's not cute to them. Your teeth have to be completely perfect and white. So when you smile, she had to have like those little flippers on. That's just not even right.
1: Yeah, kids are the most adorable when they're missing the teeth. Yeah, I mean that's so cute. Period. Yes,
0: but I guess in the pageant world, that's not cool. That's
1: not cool. That's not cool to put that on children.
0: Yeah. Now, people who knew the family said that Bonet loved, she loved the stage, though. She loved singing. She loved dancing. You know, and she didn't just do that because of the pageant. She did it because she really, really liked, you know, to do it. You know, so she was always the center of attention, whether she was on the stage or not. Now, outside of that, she was a typical six year old girl. She loved fruit roll ups. She loved anything glittery. She was a sweet girl. <clears throat> she was so sweet, she would give presents to Santa to say thank you to him for the gifts when she would see so addressed to Santa. Um, <clears throat> the teachers always said she was positive, she was intelligent. Neighbors said that she was helpful, she was very sweet. So everyone just loved her. Mm-hmm. Now, on December 25th, 1996, John Bonet patsy john and her brother burke went to a christmas party so they have a close family friends the close family names is fleet and priscilla white that was the family's best friends so they all went to a a christmas party it was a little bit late john bennett had a long day so she was so tired for the party that she fell asleep on the car ride home and john had to carry her to her room now at the time he carried her to her room she went to bed wearing the white leggings a long sleeve white T shirt with a sequin star on the front of
1: it. This must be something serious. Yeah, you're me all
0: this. yeah. So what this is. is what she went to bed wearing. Yep. This is this is going to come back, and um, oh, and I did forget to cover. It. So I, I was so busy talking about Patty, I forgot. So John was a salesman, so that's going to come back later. But he worked at uh, he was a really he I forgot what company it was, but it was for computers. So he was like really high up. Oh, I sales I and,
1: and IT. Yeah, and okay. uh, so that's I'm why he was. Saying, what was he selling?
0: Yeah, was he was. I
1: mean, cocaina?
0: I was like, and I was like, I thought I had wrote that down, but I was so busy writing down about you know what I mean about the pageant thing because that's such a big thing in this case. I was like, wait, you had asked me what they did. So yes, he was the breadwinner of the family. He okay. was like uh, really high in
1: some way him. with selling mysterious computers. Yeah, he was the head so of the. Must been IT. Made of gold.
0: Yeah, they were. <laughs> Well, and and I th- I'm, this is going to come back around, but just to give you an idea, one of his bonuses that he got for Christmas was $118,000. So that was just a bonus. What? Yeah, that was a Christmas bonus. And that had come back, so that's a central part of this story.
1: Man, I mean, is he related to Rick Ross? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these big numbers. Is he playing for the NBA. Yeah,
0: and I, when I, I was like, man, that was just a bonus? So you already know what his salary was. Money. Mm-hmm. Now... On December 26th, now keep in mind everybody went to bed. That was Christmas evening. Now, on December 26th, the next day, Patsy says she woke up and she went downstairs and found a two and a half page ransom note at the bottom of the staircase. The note claimed to be from a kidnapper who claimed that they had John Bonet and they wanted money <clears throat> for her safe return. She said that she then ran upstairs because she was so frantic and she then saw that John Bonet was not in her bed. And then she went and woke up her husband, John.
1: This is one of the scary things of being rich and famous, man. Yeah. Because stuff like this can happen. But you'll I, see I don't I don't, I know you are telling me they're alluding that alluding it they could not be in a yeah. mystery and some shroud. Mm-hmm. But stuff like that does happen too. It does
0: people, happen. Though. It it does. You know, like somebody know.
1: put somebody tried to troll Drake and put his actual address out and they become like a security threat. Yeah.
0: And, and know, that, that that happens a lot. You, you know? know, so
1: I mean like and it's that's kinda of terrifying to mm-hmm. where you you talk smack up with some guy and they put your address out and that's mm-hmm. more dangerous. Yeah, than them coming to you with a gun. Yeah, you
0: know, so because anybody, yeah, can come to your house <laughs> or anything. Yeah, right.
1: They they they, they could be they could want to be part of your legacy and kill you and your, all your family. Yeah, and, and kill themselves and mm-hmm. you know they're gonna go down in history. It's right.
0: Scary. Yeah, that's crazy. Now this is what the ransom note read. So it says, "Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully." We are a group of individuals that represent a foreign, a small foreign faction. We respect your business, but not the country that it serves. All, at this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She's safe and unharmed. And if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills. The remaining $18,000 will be in $20 bills. Make sure you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. to instruct you on delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier pickup delivery of your daughter. Any deviations of my instructions will result in immediate execution of your daughter. You will be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you do not provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation such as police, FBI, etc will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert um, the bank authority, If you have, uh, if you alert the bank or authorities, she dies. If the money is in any kind of way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law form, uh, law enforcement's countermeasures and tactics. You stand a ninety nine percent chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you stand a hundred percent chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around. So don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use the good Southern common sense of yours. It's up to you now, John victory STBC. That's how they signed it.
1: Okay. Okay okay the last part i'm like for me just dissected it like mm-hmm. one i'd be like it's hard for me to understand to, to follow the instructions to the t even though right. i'm gonna completely comply yeah um because it's gonna be hard for me because i don't know what an so an I, a cachet is
0: An attaché is it was like a kind of a size bag to for the bank
1: i mean i don't like, know where to buy one of those yeah so make like sure that i give it to you right back so if i come in there with you know a gucci bag would you not accept my ransom money. That's
0: what I'm That's saying. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah, it doesn't, uh, and that, that part never makes sense. Why do you care what kind of bag it's
1: So that was interesting. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I completely follow the instructions. Yeah. Maybe an old purse, I bring it in. Yeah. I just don't want to get robbed on the way.
0: Right. So yeah. I rather
1: think I'm gay and think I got a $100,000 on me. Okay. Um. Also, when he, because I can tell that obviously he must went to some type of authority and which would have deterred me is they made it sound like as if they're watching because they're saying if you get the money early, we will release your child early. So that means that you constantly have somebody who's trying to be watching my movement so that a put me on a red alert on whether or not I would tell authorities. <coughs> I don't know if I would have told, so that was a tough one. But the the ending of it made yeah. it just almost sound like they was trying too hard to threaten him. Yeah. And so it was kind of, you know, the only fat cat around. What are you talking
0: about? Right.
1: You know, like, are you robbing the guy next door to me, too? Right. You know, because he, he's pretty fat on his cat. Yeah. If he's living next door to me. <coughs> right. And so... And, that,
0: and that's the is other this,
1: thing. Is this the norm? Like, so can I go to somebody else who's dealt with you before and they can yeah. tell me the proper ways to work this out? So now it just sounds like you... Right then, you didn't sound as professional.
0: Mm-hmm. And they started the part. ransom note off saying, Mr. Ramsey. Now you're saying John. And towards the end, they started yeah, saying John. Yeah, you got hella
1: laxed towards yeah. the end is what I'm saying. Like the last couple of paragraphs became, became kind of, well, the last couple of sentences, it was not that many paragraphs. The last yeah. couple of sentences, like five to ten sentences, mm-hmm. it seemed like that person who ever wrote that got laxed.
0: Yeah, and and the crazy thing about yeah the crazy thing about it yeah the crazy thing about this was a two and a half page ransom though and they said nowhere in the history has there ever been a two and a half page ransom though that's just so long
1: right it's overly explaining and then the people can try and make out your signature and all that and yeah all, and your writing style and all that it's mm-hmm. just too much information yeah so that's why i was like it just seemed like you guys were trying to p- drag it on and, yeah and triple threat him
0: mm-hmm. the threat's
1: already been there the timeline is set and right so it, it it didn't seem like it was an organization at that point.
0: It, it it's not. It, it that's what I said this whole ransom note just seemed fake. Like it's like, and then you say you stand a ninety nine percent chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart her. So you're saying that one percent I could get like I could probably get away with it. Like why would you say ninety nine percent? No, crazy. I like that.
1: You know, it's, like realistically, that. you may be able to get away with it, but there's a very very small chance. Is yeah, what they're
0: saying. like I said, it,
1: it began well. Yeah, it kind of it ended for me.
0: <laughs> now this is what's really suspicious. <clears throat> there was a part. Now, <clears throat> first of all, the note was written. There was a notepad and pen, pen that was sitting on the counter in the kitchen. <clears throat> they used their notepad to write this. There was a partial draft. Yeah, that's the thing. They didn't bring this note. With them, they no, sat there that's and real. they wrote. Yeah, they wrote the note out. And here's the thing: there in was, your
1: house, what, in, what, what, what was you guys doing? He right. was that knocked out. Everybody what? in your house, yeah. That, that they sleep?
0: came. Well, and this is what's crazy too is there was a partial draft of the note found. So there was a, a, another piece of paper where somebody they had tried to write out a draft first, and in the draft it said Mister and Mrs. Ramsey, but then they didn't use that one and they started another one. So you mean to tell me these people came in? And they wrote a two-and-a-half-page ransom note in your house. An like
1: essay, that. basically, a, yeah. a school essay they yeah.
0: wrote <clears> throat> in throat> your
1: house and re- did a rough draft first.
0: Yeah, they did a rough draft first. I was and like, yeah, like that nice.
1: who's who they talking to, too, when they, when they proofread? They'd be like,
0: you do going to use Mr. and Mrs. Ramsey? Yeah. No, no,
1: no. Don't use that. Right. Go back and just use
0: Mr. Ramsey. Okay. Yeah. God damn, we ain't got that much
1: time. Look, we got all the time in the world. I'm gonna rewrite this. Rewrite it correctly. Yeah. Right. Rewrite it the way the way that I said. Cause you, you 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 know how your spelling is and your grammar is bad. Yeah. So just listen to me. Is that what was going on? Like they had that whole conversation inside right. somebody's house.
0: And and I'm like, yeah, there's no way. Cause most that's intense. Most shout abductions, they're gonna bring their own ransom note. You know what I mean? They're gonna come in. You'll see everything like it's this.
1: A, it's a smooth operation. Yeah. Yeah, I've known somebody got kidnapped. It's, a, it's it happens, and you're terrified. But yeah, so that's one... you don't. It's kind of almost like a bank hit. You can't be in there for too much time. Yeah, the longer you're in there, the more likely you're gonna get a witness.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, now, like I said, the note was written by a pen that had been on the counter as well. And now, Detective Jeff Kidroll, he was a handwriting expert, and this is this is I'm jumping ahead a little bit because they're gonna call the police, but. He was a handwriting expert for the Boulder Police. He found that he had found that there was, like I said, started an abandoned ransom note on the pad, and so the line was crossing out Mrs. Mister Mrs. So there was a whole bunch of scratches and lines on the rough draft that was heck of weird. You know
1: what I mean? I think you're giving a lot of your opinion in this, and I want you to tell me the facts of what's going well, on. Well, I'm first. telling you the nah.
0: fa- I'm telling you the facts, but I was like that was weird. But now, now. Mr. Ramsey had the bank statement from that hundred and eighteen thousand dollar bonus. Okay. So he had received that hundred eighteen thousand dollar bonus. He had left the statement on the counter. Because remember in the actual, you know, ransom though, it says one hundred eighteen thousand so dollars that's what bonus. they want. So that was that was weird too. That's with the, with the, because that's weird because it's like you want the exact amount of the bonus. If you're, you know, if these people are rich, wouldn't you ask for more? Like, how would you? Or if you saw somebody had a bonus yeah. for one
1: hundred eighteen thousand, I'd be like, I'm asking for a million.
0: Yeah, what? Why do you just want? <laughs> but the bonus? you got a that's check right. laying
1: around for, and you got a laying around. Right. You got one hundred eighteen thousand laying around on a countertop, girl. I'm hitting you.
0: Right, and that's what I was saying too. Now now, just to skip ahead a little bit, it does say that handwriting experts believed that this handwriting was disguised. They had they brought in handwriting experts and they said that it was disguised. It was almost like it was too it was it was almost like somebody was trying too hard to make their handwriting kind of not look like something else. Okay. So a nineteen ninety seven article spoke to an investigator um, who that was involved with Vanity Fair. And they were involved in the testing of the ransom note because this ransom note is going to get tested. They analyzed 74 handwriting samples and Patricia Ramsey's handwriting was the only one that set off alarm bell. So, this is just an interesting fact. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm like,
1: did this happen at the moment? Yeah, because, yeah. So,
0: this this is just, I I just wanted to kind of throw this in here. I'm going to go back to, like, where they are now. But all this stuff is going to get tested. They do get handwriting samples from everybody in the house. And because this is something that they, they investigate over time. And they're saying that there was something about her handwriting that set off alarm bells. As if like was she the one that like wrote the note and disguised it. We don't know, but that's just that was something interesting. You
1: know? Okay, I'm, I'm gonna keep that as a backlog. Yeah, let's move it in, in, into the thing so I'm, okay. I'm, I can give my yeah. I'm just put everything
0: in. Yep. Now, the Colorado Bureau of Investigators said that there are indicators that Patricia Ramsey is the writer of the note, but. She, you know, of course, she's always denied it over the years. But, of course, she would. Now, back to, you know, the story. Patty called 911 at 5.52 a.m. that morning. She immediately called friends and family. But remember, the note said, don't call anyone. Don't say
2: anything. Mm-hmm.
0: If your child, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Just for me, if my child was missing and there's ransom note, and that's hard. Like, if this ransom note says... Don't call somebody. I don't know. What would you do? Would you call the police?
1: Well, like I said, it was just a lot depends on how the note was worded and what yeah. they were saying. Uh, but there's indicated that it, it, they are being watched.
0: Yeah. That's why I think so it would be so hard. I don't know if I could call the, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Now, Kimberly Archuleta was the nine one one operator that took the call. This was her last call of the night. She was getting ready to go home. She told Kimberly that she didn't know how long her daughter had been missing she was begging the police to get there. She sounded very distraught on the phone. This was Patsy Ramsey that was calling. Now, before she hung up, you could hear her mumble, help me, Jesus, help me. She hung up very abruptly. And that was suspicious because she didn't wait for further instructions. You know what I mean? Like Most people, like they, they're not just going to hang up. You know? You're going to kind of wait like, hey, is the police coming or something like that. Now, keep in mind, this was back before cell phones. So she was actually calling from a landline phone. <clears throat> so she put that's back when you put the phone back on the cradle remember those days oh yes so but
1: miss those days where you could hang up on somebody and slam that thing right
0: it was so dramatic now uh, you can't even hang to, up on, yeah
1: slam i used to be a pro slammer a like pro boom, pro slammer.
0: right i remember that mm. now everybody gets the same doo-doo-doo. now you just get a beat
1: <laughs> it's just silent you don't know if they hung up on you or put you on mute
0: yeah or the call drops.
1: Like, like, <laughs> like I used to love to hear that, 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 yeah. that. I used to love putting that in somebody's ear. Yeah. With a loud, like whatever sound it makes. You no,
0: know, the crazy. So when Patsy hung up the phone, she thought she had hung it up. However, it wasn't fully hung up. You know what I mean? Have you ever hung the house phone up and it wasn't fully mm-hmm. hung up? So the other person can still hear. Now, Kimberly Archuleta, she told Dateline that she felt like something wasn't right with the call. <laughs> so because the phone didn't actually disconnect she stayed on the call a while and at this point she not only heard john and patricia speaking it was muffled but she heard a third voice but this voice was a little bit more faint in the background they claimed that burke was the only other person that would have been in the house that he was asleep. so this was their nine-year-old boy they said he was sleep the whole time now a lot of different experts have listened to this call and they claimed that they heard a male voice, which was John, angrily say, we are not speaking to you. Then they heard Pat, Patsy say, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. And then they hear a young male child. And then the young male child says, well, what did you find? This is all happening. Now, Kim, the 911 operator, was quoted as saying about Patsy she was so frantic when she was on the phone with me. It was, it was, you know, really, she was speaking to me. She couldn't even answer my questions. But as soon as she thought she had hung up the phone and she was talking, it immediately stopped. Like, the franticness was she was like, help me, Jesus. Like, she wasn't frantic no more because she thought she had hung up the phone.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, and then it sounded like she said, okay, so we call the police. Now what? You know what I mean? That's what she thought she heard. And that disturbed her. So she remained on the phone. She was trying to listen to more about what was being said, but she couldn't hear anything else. But she did say she she, she basically heard three voices. She definitely heard three voices. Mm -hmm. She said the call sounded rehearsed. And, you know, she said there just wasn't something right about the call. And so basically... It was never addressed, and she feels like, you know, to this day, she still feels reservations about it, and she feels like that could have turned the case around if they would have looked more into that. Now, spoiler alert, John Binet does end up murdered, so they're going to find her body, but this is what the 911 operator said, because remember I said this was the last call of the night, but it's all, it's going to go all over the news and the media that she's found dead in her home. And she was just crushed. Cause she was like, she took that call and to find out that the little girl is dead. Like she just, it was too much for her, you know? So basically she was completely inconsolable about that when she got the news. <clears throat> now the, now this call also was sent to aerospace technicians who everybody said there was three different voices at the end of the call.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: After Patsy, uh, after Patsy hung up, these aerospace technicians took away like all the background noises and everything. Everybody said they heard the same thing. There was three, and there was a young male child. So that means that Burke Tech would have been awake during this time because Burke was the only other young male child that could have <coughs> been, you know, in the house. But they try to wow. say he was asleep the whole time.
1: Okay, that's interesting.
0: So they contact Boulder Police, who sent Detective Melissa Hickman to also listen to the call. She listened to the call independently. They didn't tell her what they heard. And she said she heard the same thing, that there was three, you know, three um, voices in the background. Now, like I said, this whole time, they try to say Burke was sleeping. But again, it was like, it was suspicious. This is it's suspicious to me because it's like, okay, I'm thinking about it for my kids. I have two kids, right? You have a child that's been stolen out of the bed. Would you keep your other child asleep? I don't know
1: uh yeah i would you would, I would just not leave them in a room yes i would not want to alert them that you know it is even the possibility that one of you guys can get taken out of your sleep
0: you see i think i'll be scared like that if the kidnapper's still in the house and they're gonna take him too that's that's what i'll be thinking about oh know.
1: i'd hope the kidnapper's still in the house
0: oh you will day want day. them to still
1: be in the stuff i got in his house oh. i'd hope he's still here because he'd run into batman <laughs> yeah
0: because <yeah.
1: laughs> vengeance would be mine
0: uh So now keep in mind, remember I told you how at the end of the note, it said victory STBC. That's how it ended. Now, Patsy told the 911 operator, she said that she was so distraught. She said that, that it well, she said, it said STBC victory at the end of the note. But then when the police got there, she said that she had only gotten a chance to read the first line of the note. So that's just a little bit something to keep in mind right there. Now, two police officers responded to the residents within three minutes of the call. They got there. Officer Rick French was one of the officers. Now, the police officers noted that John Ramsey was wearing a pinstripe button-up and some khakis. Patsy was wearing a black slacks, a red sweater, and her hair and makeup was done. This was about 6 a.m. in the morning. Wow. Yeah, so it was like, did you, like, I don't know what the timeline was, but they just noted that, you know what I mean?
1: Made sure they was just fly when the cops got there.
0: Right. Like, did you, because she said she went downstairs and found it. So had you already had your makeup and stuff done? Or did you get your ready while the cops was coming? Because that would be suspicious. But then they responded three minutes to the call. So she wouldn't have had the time to do that. So yeah. I'm thinking she probably would have got ready before she came downstairs. That's what I would think.
1: I mean, yeah. Three minutes. Yeah. To be whipped and dipped.
0: Right.
1: That should be a whole YouTube page about that.
0: Yeah, but keep in mind she is an ex-beauty queen, so who knows, Still, right? Still, <laughs>
1: three-minute. If you could put a three-minute you three makeup. You're right. People, I would. I would love to see that.
0: Now, Patsy told Rick French that she had got up. She had gone in John Benet's bedroom, and she saw she wasn't there. Then she went downstairs and found the road. No, but that's not what she originally said. She said she came downstairs, saw the note, then came upstairs, saw John Benet wasn't in her bed, then went to go get her husband. Okay. Okay, now Sergeant Paul Reichenberg showed up and ordered that no one use the police, that the the frequency, like the police and stuff, in case the kidnappers was listening to the scanners. Now, this is the crazy part about it, is that this crime scene, because technically this is a crime scene, they only roped off John JonBenet's bedroom, but this whole house, everybody was like tramping all over it, like they was walking around, like, you know what I mean? They're supposed to secure the crime scene, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But, um, so basically everyone searches the home. The police searched the home. They didn't find anything necessarily suspicious. There was no signs of forced entry at all. John and Patsy said that all the doors were locked when they went to bed the night before. Officer Rick French went into the basement and he saw a second door down, down there that led to a wine cellar and it had a wooden latch that locked it. He stopped in front of the door, but never opened it. And he definitely should have opened it. Uh, you know, he then, he he went back upstairs, but it was like, you know, if you're searching the house, you definitely should check everything, you know? Because unfortunately, John JonBenet Ramsey's body is behind that door.
1: Oh, you don't spoil it for me.
0: Well, because well, I'm just, just telling you this is why, because I'm walking you through, like there were so many things that went wrong with even when they were searching the house. You know what I mean? Because as a detective, You've, you see a locked slash door and you're looking for something. You know, but I think at the time- I mean, Chris, he wasn't
1: a detective. He was an officer, a what? beat cop, what? walking around with a flashlight- probably the same guy that was on Die Hard. <laughs> yeah. And he was just doing his job. And you yes. said the house was already like a maze. So yeah. they're walking through hella rooms and hella places already. Yeah.
0: Well, he, he was walking. But yeah. But I was just thinking but I did too at this point it's a kidnapping. So maybe they're not thinking okay, well we're looking for a body. But I don't know. I was just thinking like if so I if was looking. If it's a kidnapping
1: you're not looking for a body. Yeah. You're looking for suspicious things that may allude to how they got into the house.
0: Okay. So, so. when you
1: came down to the cellar and there's no other the exit route into that they was like okay fine he didn't come in this way
0: okay that makes sense okay so he gets a pass on that okay now a forensics team then arrived did a sweep, and did a sweep of the house as well and at this time they still got burke in the house sleeping that he's still in his room sleep. at this time john and patsy were not separated or questioned they didn't get officially questioned until five months later Now, this time, all their friends started coming over. Because remember, they called all their friends.
2: Mm.
0: And so their best friends came over. The Whites. Remember the people that they was at the Christmas party? Mm. They came over. Their pastor came over. Some other family members came over. (coughs) Priscilla White even, like, started cleaning the kitchen. I think that, you know, she thought she was, like, helping. You know, they was just all trying to keep their mind together. Now... Patsy when she called her friends she just said that there was an emergency she didn't say anything about the kidnapper till they got there so basically Bart Fernie was there so Bart Fernie was one of Patsy's best friends as well and she asked Patsy what she did when she found the ransom note and Patsy said that she had handed John the note but later she told the police that she screamed for John when she found the note and he was sleeping on the third floor so, it's weird because John said that he heard her screaming from downstairs, but yet Burke still didn't wake up, the nine-year-old. Hmm. Now, Barb Fernie asked why Burke was still asleep. You know, she that, that was a question she said. Her. She said, why is all this going on and you still got your son sleeping? You know, at this point, he should get up, you know? Now, at 8 a.m., Detective Linda Arndt arrived. Patsy told Detective Arndt that she had gone downstairs Found the ransom note, then ran upstairs and found John and missing. So she went back to her original story. Now the phones—they everybody got the phones ready for the ransom phone call because remember they're supposed to call between eight a.m. and ten a.m. Now this deadline passed. At this point, ten a.m. came and went. No one said it. nobody ever called. Whoa! Yeah, nobody ever called, and this is this kind of looks suspicious because Patty and John. Never, they never even noticed the deadline. You know, if you're a parent, you're going to be distraught. Like 10 a.m. 10 a.m.
1: is your lifeline. Yeah. That is the only time that matters on the planet. Yeah. It is. At that section
0: Mm -hmm. and point
1: of your life.
0: Yeah. And they never even said they weren't distracted. They weren't like, oh my gosh, they didn't call nothing. So, John Ramsey left the room three different times you know what I mean he was kind of pacing back and forth and stuff like that but again he never noticed the 10 a.m timeline <clears throat> now officer French made a sweep through the house another free, sweep through the house Patsy and John's best friend Fleet White went down to the basement what he observed was so if they had three windows in the basement it was one of those three windows with three panes now he said that the one of the windows was closed but it was unlatched like the latch was broken but came to find out later that John Ramsey a few weeks ago had been locked out of the house. So he had broke that latch to get back in. So that's why that was like that. Mm -hmm. So the kidnapping and that was the middle window of it. So that's not the way the kidnappers came in because it was later on. um, It was later on said when the forensics did all their search, there had been since john ramsey had did that a few weeks ago there had been some cobwebs and some dust that has settled on there since then and if a kidnapper would have came in that way there's no way those cobwebs and that dust would have still been there because their body would have moved that out of the way so they didn't get in that way even though it was broken now fleet white started calling out john benet's name when he was downstairs he also saw the wine cellar door now, he opened the door up, and it was so dark in there, he poked his head in, but it was just too dark. So he was trying to kind of feel around for like a light, but he couldn't feel He couldn't feel anything. He didn't want to go all the way in because it was too dark. So he just closed the door. And he left again. He, well, he closed the door and left. Now, the police, this is the time when the police had John and Patsy give handwriting samples, oh, you know, just to see. And this is when they send everything off. Now this note had been started a few times, as I mentioned in the notebook. Now, John at this, John went downstairs to the basement and he did mention to the police. This is when he told them that there was a broken latch because he had been locked out a few weeks ago. So he made sure to tell them. Now, finally, at this point, they woke up Burke. And Fleet White took Burke to his house because he was like, he don't need to be around here with all this, you know. So at this point, when the kid
1: was asleep during this whole time, the whole time,
0: yeah, the whole time, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. He he had not moved out of his bed. Now at one p.m., Fleet White came back from dropping Burke off at his house. I mean, how late
1: was he sleeping? Too as a child, right? And this was one p.m.,
0: right? And this was one p.m. Like it's it's crazy. So. <clears throat> well, a little bit before one p.m. So all this is going on a little bit before one p.m. Fleet White woke him up, took him to his house, and came back. So I mean, yeah, how long does kids really sleep? You know, like I mean, I my know kids don't I, sleep that long. Yeah,
1: that's I'm like, what?
0: <clears throat> now when Fleet White came back, and um, and so Detective aren't told John to search the house for anything that seemed amiss. You know, him and Fleet. So the detectives, everybody is searching. Now John and Fleet went back downstairs to the basement. John opened up the wooden latch door to the wine cellar, and that's when he found John Bennet laying on the ground with a white blanket over her torso. And he screamed out, "Oh my gosh!" Now, <laughs> spoiler alert: him and Fleet White ends up falling out. And so this is this Who's is some, Fleet, white? Fleet White is the, the his oh best the friend. friend the friend the one that just him took and part.
1: Fleet White falling out. Yeah
0: they, yeah, they fall out. But I'm gonna get into that. But Fleet White was questioned. Like after all this happens, he mm-hmm. ends up being, he ends up being questioned about this and he, cause remember Fleet Whitehead came downstairs first, remember, and then he couldn't see nothing. It was too dark. Right. So he went back upstairs. So he said that John Ramsey screamed out, Oh my God, before the lights even came on. So, cause it was so dark in there. You couldn't see nothing. Right. He said he screamed out, Oh my God, and cut the light off. So it was like a few seconds. So he was like, how would he have screamed out? Oh my God, you had you couldn't even see nothing yet. Right.
2: Okay.
0: So that's just something to keep in mind. But I'll get back to Fleet White later. So now, John Binet was laying on the ground with a white blanket over her torso. Her arms were over her head with a nylon cord around her wrist. And there was a cord around her neck as well. There was duct tape over her mouth. And she was still wearing the white clothes that she went to bed in. The cord around her neck was so tight that they couldn't even barely see the cord. <coughs> And it was pulled with like a grot that somebody made from a broken paintbrush handle. So she was strangled to death. Now, this was taken from Patsy's paint kit. They found out this grot was taken from her paint kit. Mm. Now, the other part of the broken paintbrush was found broken on the floor. Fleet White, when he saw this, he immediately took off running and he ran upstairs, you know, because he was like, you know, someone needs to call an ambulance or something like that. Now, John Ramsey... Pulled the duct tape off his daughter's face. He loosened some of the cords. And, you know, and at that point he just, you know, started screaming, like crying. And so... Later on, because remember I said that when Fleet White was questioned, he was like, he, you know, he screamed out, oh, my God, before he even cut the light on. Well, John Ramsey was questioned about that. And he was like, but he could see the form of the blanket before the light even came on. He could see the form of the blanket laying there. And again, because it was his house, it was like, well, maybe he knew, you know what I mean? Like, maybe he could see better than anybody else. But investigators did say later that it was so dark. They did a whole test. They said it was so dark in there, you couldn't see anything. So that's, you know, an interesting note right there. Now John, at this point, picked up John Bonet and ran upstairs screaming. Priscilla White, which was Fleet's uh, Fleet's wife, uh, wife, was with Patsy Patsy in the sunroom. Now, when she heard them screaming and running up the stairs, Priscilla White left to see what was going on, but Patsy didn't move. Patsy didn't follow her. You know what I'm saying? So it's uh-huh. like you hear, yeah, yeah, so you hear people screaming and stuff, and then you don't follow. That was weird. Once John came upstairs, he put John Bonet on the floor. He just kept saying, "My angel." Detective Arndt picked up John Bonet and placed her at the bottom of the Christmas tree. A blanket was placed over her and a sweatshirt on her feet. And so basically at this point, Patsy threw herself on top of John Bonet and started screaming, Lazarus, raise my baby from the dead. The pastor that was there heard John say, I don't think he meant to kill her because she was covered in a blanket. That's what That's what the dad said, which the pastor said he thought that was weird because it was like, he covered her with the blanket but so much he strangled her to death so the pastor later said he thought that that was a weird comment to make
1: well right why would you say i don't think he meant to
2: kill her
0: right like how do you know that he? yeah like how do you know it was a man like are, are we just assuming that you know that man had to have this and we don't know right <laughs> i
1: mean it's just odd that you're saying that the kidnapper and you're saying it in that tone of i don't think he meant to kill her when why would you kidnap somebody and take them downstairs to your cellar?
0: Right. And that was the other thing too. When I, when I was like, okay, so a kidnapper came in your house. Cause most child abductors, they take the kid and they take them. They're not, especially your house is like a maze. So who's going to do all that? And then risk one downstairs and to the cellar and drop her like body. That. Right. Yeah.
1: And have the body and you don't think they meant to kill them. So they was going to keep them alive for your ransom. Yeah. In your own house. In that's, your
0: own house. That's just too much.
1: That's extreme.
0: That's really extreme. Now, Fleet White, at this point, went back downstairs to the wine cellar. He collected the duct tape, cord, blanket, and he gave it to the police. Now, there was, uh, like I said, there was no signs of disturbance downstairs at all. Now, everybody searched the, the basement, found the paste, paintball, paintbrush rot. Um, there was, you know, that broken window, slight scuff marks but that's where John was had got it from a week ago from weeks ago when he had gotten locked out so the scuff marks was not from the kidnapper now around 1:30 p.m. a detective heard John Ramsey on the phone booking a plane ticket to Atlanta for him Patsy and Burke the detective told him that he couldn't leave and he was like why are you trying to leave and he said because he has a work meeting that he has to get to that he can't miss so he said he's not going to be able to miss his meeting so he was still working after they just found his daughter dead
2: uh
1: well yeah yeah i can see donald trump still working after he found his daughter dead
0: yeah right
1: (laughs) (laughs) sad some people i can see like yeah he did he went out to work
0: yeah now at this time patsy and john provided hair and blood samples now a medical examiner got there around 8 p.m and they did a medical autopsy the next day now, it was now the uh, the medical examiner found that John Binet's time of death was between 10 p.m. on Christmas and 6 a.m. that next morning, but they thought it was closer to 10 p.m. because she had already started to rot, so decomposition had already begun. the The cause of her death was strangulation and skull fracture that killed her.
2: Mm.
0: Blood was found in her underwear, so they thought that maybe she had been sexually assaulted with with the paintbrush. That's what it was looking like. Oh. There was marks on her neck and back that looked like it could have been from a stun gun. There was also a bruise on the front of her throat that was the size of a quarter. And evidence also suggested that she may have been sexually assaulted several times before that night. So, they, so there was evidence of that, although her pediatrician has had never ever said anything about it. These are the things the medical examiner said.
1: So see had been sexually abused before she was
0: even- mm-hmm, before, but this specific night there was blood in her underwear. They think that somebody took the paintbrush and sexually assaulted her. Hmm. Now the weird thing about the cords was that the, the cords that were on her wrist was like front the, well the, the cords that was on her wrist was looser a little bit. And so the cords on her neck was very tight. So that's what killed her. But the ropes that was on her wrist was very loose And so they was like, well, was that staged as far as the cords that was on her wrist? Like, because, and then when they, and so they said there was a lot of things that seemed staged. Like, for example, there was mucus coming from her nose because of the strangulation. But they found that the mucus was under, was under the duct tape. So that means that Mm. they put the duct tape there after she was already dead. Right.
1: So
0: they was like, well, this, that seems a little bit weird because the mucus would have been on the outside of the duct tape. So, basically, um, there was an imprint on the sticky side of the duct tape that was like perfect lips, too. So, they was like, when someone is duct tape, you know, and they're still alive and they got it ducted, then it's not going to be perfect because they're moving, they're trying to scream and stuff like that. So, it was like, this duct tape (laughs) was put there after she was either unconscious or dead. Mm. So... Basically, um, there was DNA that was found in her underwear that didn't belong to any of the Ramseys, though. And after the autopsies, you know, after all this happened, after the autopsy, the the Ramseys ended up going to Georgia. And at this point, they shut down. They refused to talk to the police. They hired them some lawyers and a a PR firm. So, yeah, they made sure they did that. And at this point, this is the point where Fleet White fell out with them because they was like, he was like, something's weird because you're not cooperating with the police. And I always say, yes, you should. If you are in any kind of trouble or even if you're innocent guilty, always get a lawyer. But he was like a PR firm. That's weird. You're trying to spin this, you know, to where your family's in the best positive light. So at this point, he fell out with them. Now, the Boulder police chief told the public that there was no threat. That, you know, there was no threat. He was like, they was like, this is a one-off incident because Boulder, Colorado at this point had been very safe and no one had ever gotten, you know, you know killed or anything like that. This was actually the first murder in like the whole year. That, that's the only uh, murder that had happened. Mm. So that's what the police came because he they didn't want everyone to be, you know, scared. However, Patsy and John were interviewed and Patsy kind of looked at the camera and she was like, hold your babies tight because there's someone out there. Now... They did find a high tech boot next to her body and a partial palm print found on the door that was leading to the wine cellar. That didn't belong to any of the Ramses. They don't know whose palm print it was.
1: Or the high tech boot? What does mm-hmm. it mean? Like, did it have like, like was one of those like, steel toe?
0: Yeah, like one of those steel toe boots. Oh, it's so, a brand. Oh. Yeah, they don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs>
2: okay.
0: So that's where I'm leaving it for part one because there's a lot to go into for part two because there's even more evidence. There's what John Benet ate last, there's a lot of stuff that's going to really like, play into this case. And I was like, this case is, is, is insane because...
1: I mean, you know, I, I have... Uh, it, was, it seems like a lot... Of, I think you have weighed a lot of what you feel in it already mm-hmm. into the case. And I'm, I'm getting a lot of that from you with your reading. Um, and the evidence is very conflicting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I mean it, it does not seem like a kidnapping job. I'm going to say that. Yeah.
2: Uh,
1: but I do... I'm still trying to figure out the motive, the motive and... Honestly, why would the reason why you would tie a kid up like that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, with a kid's hands tied up, yeah, it almost seems like you're interrogating the kid, right? Like, are you trying to get more information and more money?
0: Right. I'm like, I and I agree. It's like this definitely was not. I feel like a kid having a job. Like, right. Nobody's gonna. And you're
1: asking for the exact amount of his check that's sitting on the countertop. Right. Why don't you just take the check? Right. You uh. know that too, and. You know, it's just it's just a lot of things that I feel was, like, lacking in this whole investigation. Let me just throw it out there. It's that word, but it's that white privilege. I mean, yeah. it was white privilege all over the and that's place. That's what I had
0: thought about, too, because I was like, I feel like if this was a family of color, they would have at least took everybody to the police station and everybody would have been questioned.
1: Right. I mean, with the conflict and story of the mom.
0: Yeah. She, she told, like, three different stories. told, like, three
1: or four different stories. I mean, we've all seen we've all seen that that old oh, that guy. You don't you know he messed up, right? Yeah. So any if you tell the wrong time when you use the bathroom, they take our butts in.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: So everything has to be on point and on and uh, indisputable. Yeah. In a sense, where it never freaking changes, and even then they will be like, it just seemed too on point. Yeah. They knew the story too well. Yeah. in. So yeah. it was just like it was. It's a whole lot. And with the ransom note in the house, and you guys already found a scratch piece of paper that they tried it before. It is a lot where it's almost, I can see why they make cops look dumb on movies. Yeah. You know, and I'm a person that actually is an advocate. For having somebody who is uh, watching out for the people, yeah, and making sure that our rights are being um, protected and everything. And now, if, you, if I actually look at the history of cops, it's actually invented by the people. It wasn't invented mm-hmm. by a government system. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the same thing with the Crips. It was invented to be a government to be a, a system to try and keep the community safe. Mm-hmm. So people do want that, yeah. And I am a person that do want that. So I'm not against the cops, but you got in these times when it's talking when it's so much white privilege that you almost look like you're. Either blatantly not trying, yeah, or you guys are subpar in intelligence. Like, there's a bunch. Like, Forrest Gump <laughs> yeah. had the highest test scores in you guys' academy.
0: Well, I, because, <laughs> I, mean, I was yeah, And it, and it was crazy because there's so many things. Like, even like there's no point of entry into the house. This, there, they had, no, these people wouldn't have had a way to get in. Like, there's so many things that would have caused you to be questioned.
1: Right. To where, had that been anybody of minority and less of wealth. Yeah you would have definitely this would have definitely went a whole different way
0: this, I don't think this would have been unsolved honestly, I think they would have had, whether it was the wrong person or the right person, somebody would have been in jail.
1: Oh, as soon as you, as soon as they found the child in the cellar, they'd have just started beating you with billy clubs.
0: <laughs> just they did.
1: Rodney King style. They'd they just, just beat you, the mom, maybe even waking up the son. Like yeah,
0: everybody would
1: start if, if, if he was past the age of being a minor, he'd have got beat too. Yeah,
0: he, like, he was nine. <laughs> he was nine when this happened. Nine, they'd have
1: probably just locked him in a closet yeah. or something like that. I've heard them do some crazy stuff. But, like, man, yeah. like, nah, we'd We'd have got, we got immediately just assaulted.
0: That's what I said, yeah.
1: And, so. then, and then the fact
0: that like he was on the phone blatantly trying to make work plans and all that type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, you That's hear the other them
1: thing. going to Atlanta... Come on like now, what? like you hear him making phone plans. Yeah,
0: making phone. plans. That's not calls. even
1: subtle. That's not even. That's why I was like, it's not. It's woo. That white privilege is strong.
0: Yeah, and then not only that, but after the autopsy, everything they did end up going to Atlanta, and they hired a PR firm and yeah. all that. They're you like, You
1: couldn't I, stop him. He was yeah. like, because I'm going to work, and he was like, okay. Yeah.
0: Like, so,
1: How does that work? What does that happen?
0: Right. they talking about like I can't. They remember they just stopped communicating with the police. Just period. Right.
1: Because I make so much money and it's so important. You need to let me go. And they're like, cops are like, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You can leave the skull. you can leave the jurisdiction and break every policy that we have because you're you and you make so much money and your job is so important to yeah. humanity. Yeah. Yes. So it's just it's just weird. It was just like oh oh why <laughs> you're allowed to do that? Man, I wonder what Dallason is. Like if I make over two hundred thousand, is that when I can like I tell a couple like hey hey now. I make over 200000 Yeah. Like, right. I'm not going to do any of the racist stuff I usually do. <laughs> <You> know,
2: I... <laughs> what is
0: You've the
1: magic
0: number? It. Yeah, <laughs> right. What is the magic number? Because I, I want to know the
1: answer to that question. Man
0: and you know and but that lets let you know there is a major difference between wealthy and not being wealthy because just like they were able to hire attorneys and not deal with it you know that's the other thing somebody less wealthy they wouldn't have been able to do that hire right PR that's like, it's, it's so like, weird
1: like you guys could get past so much stuff of the law that's why I'm like what is that dollar amount
0: yeah
1: where I could shoot somebody in the face and then you guys don't arrest me on the spot you start questioning me
2: yeah
1: what is that dollar amount and like Remember, a they million 500,000 because I'll I, I, hey I'll win the lottery and get there
0: right I was like and remember they didn't even Officially get formally questioned for five months. Like this was all this right. Was this was all question. just at their house, yeah.
1: never being brought into the precinct, never being actual formally questioned. Yeah, all just hearsay and just you know, you guys go on back to your li- your livelihood even after finding the body.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, so this, that's why I was like, that's that privilege, right? That's so, that privilege.
0: That's why I said there's so much suspicious stuff in this case, and that's why I said this is a, a different kind of case because I knew I wanted to do unsolved, but I was like, this is, and even when we get into the second part. It's about, you're really going to be like, wow, like what the fuck?
1: Well, right, because, well, like I said, I feel like a lot of your opinion is, is, is enlaced in this. Um, so I'm, I'm, it's hard for me to cipher what is the facts. But I will say from what I am ciphering, they are definitely like getting a lot of leniency. Yeah. And a lot of lacks to where it uh, if, if it sounds like the conclusion that I'm going to get from, reading, from listening to this story is... Is it's almost like an incompetency of cops that made it a uh, unsolved mystery. Yeah, like see, there's there's a there's a fingerprint on the child's eyeball with in her own blood with her mama thumbprint <laughs> on there, you know, and like a half recording. Of someone across the street, of her mom cho- of, of bragging, someone, I choked that child out, and you guys still just was like, I don't know what she meant, yeah. and you just left it the hell alone. You know what I mean? That's like right. called it, it is unsolved. What we really think happened <laughs> was a big black guy came in,
2: looked like a
1: big mandingo, dark, dark as the night, and bald. Like that's, <laughs> that's what you guys are just waiting for to come out one day. Yeah. It's some black guy to confess, like, I raped and killed a child. Yeah. <laughs> 30 and years, about it in jail. 30 years you know, ago. Like, right. Right, like on some Shawshank Redemption type of stuff, where it just, it's almost like you guys are refusing to accept the evidence that's there.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Why is this the running case? Because we went through this in the Dahmer case where the police was just incompetent. Remember?
1: Yeah, it's almost like they refused to believe it could be a white man.
0: Yeah, right?
1: Right, so it's kind of in that sense, it's interesting.
0: Yeah. In
1: that sense. And I'm telling you, that's why his movies now, like the most dangerous mofo out there is the white man. He will, he will kill you, rape you, and shoot you in a car. <laughs> <You know? laughs> He'll eat your bones like, uh, and put it in bleach. Like they do some, there's some killers. Yeah. Well, well the- every race is, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just,
0: <laughs> but they get away with it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I wouldn't say, well, obviously they have not, Yeah. but they, have, they what I'll say is they've been, these these cases that you're bringing up to me have been some in which I feel like they have blatantly not had the evidence point to them, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. not have anybody call them out about it yeah. to what they feel like they can get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: well, next week we're going to, we have a, that's probably going to be a very long one because we're also going to go into the theory. So next week we're going to go to, they have several different theories of what they think happened. And I'll give you my opinion of what I think happened. Oh,
1: I know you're going to give me it to me. Yes. Yeah, You're kind of giving it to me already.
0: Yeah, and you're going to give me your opinion of what you think happened. But again, this is just nobody's been arrested for this. So all we're doing is doing our opinion. I don't want anybody to like sue us or anything. But, you know, we're not the only people that's going to have opinions about this. But <laughs> yeah, I, I kind
1: of want to hear the latter part because... I'm not hearing the motivation for anybody to do this to this child yet.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And I would, you know, it seems kind of, maybe it's beyond my thinking. Mm -hmm. And I I don't understand. I can't, you know, dissect everybody. Yeah,
0: most people don't think about, like, murdering of children. That's why. It just means you're normal. (laughs) You
1: know, like, so how is that going to be profitable for you as the family? Yeah. Help you out? Or was he going to then make your son a a model and then use the tragedy to boost your fame? Like well, I, it just seems weird to why did this even start?
0: Yeah,
1: was <laughs> she gonna tell that you know daddy was sitting and touching her too much? I, I don't know. It seems it seems it seems very convoluted on. Where this all stemmed from.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, we will get into it next week. <clears throat> my, <clears throat> hopefully my throat will be better. You girl, know, like,
1: you seemed like you were going to <clears throat> do it.
0: Yeah, it was like a lot for me to like uh, talk today.
1: Oh, well, next day you kind going to have a hauls for you.
0: Yeah, definitely. But I'll be better next week. <clears throat> you know, nothing keeps me down or away.
1: Well, hopefully it ain't COVID, girl.
0: No, I do I would never try to kill you with COVID. Remember the time I think we had to cancel something because I had COVID or something. I don't remember, but you don't
1: cancel nothing for COVID. Oh yeah, you were uh-huh. sick, sick. I would individual. just come of
0: here wearing my mask. Yeah, you we were still recording
1: all over it and throwing up. We're like, oh, I'll just record. Like, I just need my throw up bucket. <laughs> yeah,
0: I would. I would have you bring me a throw up <laughs> bucket. That's just I'm just. We'll a We'll just writer. edit
1: that out. Yeah, like, girl, you are something else. I am
0: just a writer.
1: Yeah, or you know, just a person who passes disease. One
0: hundred. <laughs> well so everyone make sure that i put our link to everything on the show notes so our instagram hot garbage show make sure you follow us continue to like share love the show tell all your friends and family about us we appreciate you yeah so yeah and take care and watch your back out there everyone